0: Welcome back to the Hex Trinkers Podcast. This episode, I don't know, but I'm going to put it in right here. Hey, Julian from the past. This is Julian from the future. It's episode seven, you dummy. Boom. There you go. I'm Julian. I'm joined by Eric. Howdy, y'all. Oak. <gasps> and Jeff. Hey. And we're a longtime playgroup during the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up both our game and yours. So, it's the new year. It's 2021. We finally made it out of that hellish nightmare that was the last, uh... What felt like a decade, but apparently it was only three hundred and sixty five days how are we how are we feeling, boys?
1: feel pretty good, brand new
0: yeah, uh, you know, after I got over the New year's hangover, I felt like uh just everything everything's changed for the better.
1: I think
2: Maybe. New year's hangover was real. It was the first time I've felt that way in a long time. is what I'm willing <laughs> to say
0: <laughs> oh I'm sorry, are you saying that we're uh we're old and decrepit now that we graduated? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I am no longer a, a young college frisbee player. I am now an old, graduated frisbee player, and
0: not spry and flexible, and <laughs> able to drink like a freaking tank. The difference a year makes a year. Anyway, it's New Year's, so we have a uh, we have some hopes for this New Year. We've got a full 365 days to see all sorts of magical new things happen and things turn around, and we've got some resolutions because. What's uh, what's a new year without some resolutions that we're not going to stick to? So these are our hopes and resolutions for the new year, specifically regarding magic. Uh, we're not going to get into the, any of that crap where we're like, oh, we're going to go to the gym more often because you know it's like you guys don't care about that. And
3: those are the ones we're going to break first.
1: Gyms are closed anyways.
0: <laughs> ask me in a month. We'll see how we'll see how we feel. So, hopes. What are we looking forward to this year? What do what do we want to happen this year?
1: Well, I'll tell
3: you what's at least going to happen. Um, to start off the, the sort of hype train where we talk about what's coming out, let's let's go over at least what's already been announced for the M20 uh, 2021 release calendar, which is, of course, we've got Call Time coming up in a few short weeks, uh, Time Spiral Remastered coming out between the first and second sets of the year, Strixhaven, School for Mages, uh, which I really hope just isn't st- Hogwarts, in quarter two, it's Quarter gonna be. 3 is D&D, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Quarter three and a half is Modern Horizons 2. Quarter 4 is Innistrad Werewolves and Innistrad Vampires, two separate sets. And I'm sure we'll get plenty of Secret Lair sprinkled as well as the Commander 2021 decks probably around August. So from a, a jumping off point, I have to say that like I'm really stoked for... Pretty much all all of these sets, except in case you you noticed a little bit of hesitation, is what Strixhaven, what will make Strixhaven unique in terms of identity. But really, I'm I'm super thrilled to see what we've already seen from the the Time Spiral uh, remastered old borders, and then I'm also really interested to see like where Innistrad is going to come. So now that we're bringing back werewolves and vampires, and it seems like you know this is that the focus for this Innistrad set is much like the focus from the Zendikar set, which is like, alright, we realize what you guys liked from the first time to these planes, and we know we bungled the return by mixing it with Eldrazi on take two, so let's just start fresh, forget the scary spaghetti monsters, and go back to you know what made these planes unique in the first place. And I think, personally, as a big fan of gothic horror, and like you have vampires and werewolves and all these classic monsters, seeing them come back is going to be super sweet, especially in that part of the year.
2: That sounds great, and I am i gotta be honest, I'm excited for that too, but I feel like you skipped over something that I personally am very excited for, which is the Forgotten Realms set. Mm. I play a lot of D&D for our podcast listeners. Um, I'm, in fact, halfway through a one-shot with this group of friends, which one might ask, how can you be halfway through a one-shot? And my response is, you've clearly never played one. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, I really love D&D, and I've never actually played a game taking place in the Forgotten Realms setting, but Can I do you know. Can you run it. us
3: through what the Forgotten Realms setting is? Because I was thought it was just D&D overall.
2: No, so there are multiple uh, multiverses essentially built into D&D, much like Magic. Um, and so D&D, the main multiverse that like they play around in, it, or the main like universe they play around in, is the Forgotten Realms. So that's where a lot of traditional D&D tropes come from. That's where a lot of uh like campaigns are based uh but they also have other worlds that do other things. Yeah, the Forgotten Realms is the main one. Pretty like cut and dry high fantasy, but they could have made a high fantasy set anywhere. They're they're making a Forgotten Realms set, and so I expect them to really like lean on the D and D angle. Like I'm expecting cards like critical success, critical failure. I'm expecting a lot of play with if the party mechanic returns, I would not be surprised, but I'm expecting a lot of play with the 12 or 13 at this point D classes of like we're gonna see a lot of barbarians a lot of artificers a lot of bards stuff like that and i think that's all gonna be great
0: one of my hopes is that they really lean into the party mechanic because i thought it was very cool in zendikar rising but if they make it like the main mechanic um i think it'll be really cool for limited and also maybe we'll finally get enough to make like a really party themed standard deck and also commander deck
2: I would love to see that. I was going to ask you specifically, Eric,
3: but I know Oak has some experience with D&D too. What we think and what might our hopes be for like how D&D will be brought into the magic universe? Because I'm assuming D20s seem a little cumbersome. Like D6s are relegated to Silver Border, so I don't think we'll be seeing D20s anytime soon. So what do you think will be like the merger of these mechanics? Because I know I have a few ideas, but I want to hear just, you know, off the wall, crazy, what you guys think.
1: Um, I think there's a lot of room for D&D spells to be ported over to Magic. We've already seen, like, a lot of the terminology from D&D, uh, show up in Magic, such as, I guess, Blink, uh, is the example that comes to mind off the top of my head, and, you know, Counterspell, some basic stuff like that, but, um, there's a lot of spells in D&D, and it'd be nice to see the sort of, like,
2: Magic implementation. Versions of them? Yes. It'd be very cool to see them almost do, like, a Godzilla treatment, but with D&D spells, where they reprint, re-print Teferi's Protection as Liaman's tiny hut,
1: which is <laughs> a spell
2: where you rest inside this little hut for a day and nothing can come in, and it's it's this magically, like, impenetrable space, which would be, have, like, a similar vibe to Teferi's Protection. Uh, in terms of actual D&D mechanics, like you said, D20s are not going to make its magic to magic on the table is just not going to happen but i think that they could do things with like counters
3: um mm-hmm. like
2: inspiration counters um I was thinking that cri- critical counters or something like that uh where like you build up to that result or something
3: julian mentioned it earlier and i feel like i want to draw the official word and this is my hope this is my number one hope for the D set and it's it's a little out there but we've had we've had curses, right? That you can play on another player and has a negative effect. Yeah. All right. What I want to see is player enchantments that aren't curses, but give you a particular class. So I, I'm, you know, we have the idea that the party, right? Like, you maybe you're the DM and your creatures on the board are your party that you're kind of leading into battle. W- well, what if you're a member of the party instead? And so it's like changing where the sort of relationship with D and D lies. And I think it'd be super cool to have enchantments that basically affect you and maybe they can get counters like level up counters. We see that come back, um, as something that kind of, you gain more skills for yourself as a barbarian or as an artificer. Um, or, you know, maybe planeswalkers will take that role, but I'm really hoping for some, some like enchantments that kind of change the way that you interact with the game in some way that makes it unique and a hopefully balanced effect. Um, but I think that could be super cool.
2: You mentioned level up. I forgot about that. And that should absolutely come into this. Like <laughs> like being a DM and saying the words "All right, ever level up at the end of a session. People lose their minds. I think it would be really cool to like if you have a, a party and level up mechanics sort of mixed together. Seeing like the entire group just get so much stronger so fast would be really cool. Moral of the story. Put you have an eye on the design team for this next set. I know all the cards are probably done by now but let us put level up and party in, and player enchantments that make if you part of the party.
3: Two mana instant, level up all your creatures.
2: Don't do Boom. that. Don't do that. That's not, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe I don't belong on the design team. I'll, I'll take
3: some time. I'll come up with a more interesting idea. He- Hex Drinker reprint?
1: Hex Drinker reprint,
2: boys? I'm level mm. up? <laughs>
0: hey, a little <laughs> self-promotion right there. Yeah. Y'all are hyped about Forgotten Realms, but I'm hyped about the set that's, closest nearest to our face right now and that's Kaldheim and my one home for this is I, I don't I don't care honestly how it affects standard I don't well I do care a little bit but like I don't care about that I don't care if there's like not any good legendary creatures or whatever which if there's not I'll be astonished but I just need Kaldheim to be metal as all F they're selling it as the heavy metal set they had all these metal bands preview cards and they just did the heavy metal secret layer, which was not directly with Kaldheim, but like, they're like, oh, you like that? Because we're we're going to be doing some more of that. You get ready. Mm-hmm. Y'all know, and our viewers hopefully will end up learning. I love heavy metal. It's my favorite form of music. Huge into that. I want them to really lean into the metal aesthetic. I want them to lean into the overall badassery, the aesthetic in terms of like the funky fonts and lettering. Um, if there's, like, some secret layers coming, just really do that. Just make it as brutal and, like, lightning and demons and all sorts of nasty crap. You know what I mean? I just, please just make time. Metal is all heck. I'll be happy. I will be fine for the rest of the year. That's all I want.
1: We need a guitar equipment.
3: Well, Julian, of course it's metal.
0: I swear to God, if you're about to make a stupid pun, but go ahead.
3: I, I wasn't, but I was going to say something heinous. And it was, Julian, we know it's going to be the heavy metal set because Tybalt's in it. You know, he's been known for his general bad attitude.
2: Alright, but in seriousness, the... I forget the name of the card, but the woman with the dragon, that art, the alt art, is so cool. Yeah, who, like, interacts with dwarves and dragons. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. that does the, look The sweet. alt art of her, like, with the dragon, like, coiled behind her yeah. looks so good. And I think that's what we're hoping for more The showcase
3: frames are amazing for this set like i have i've never really identified with a showcase frame more than these and in a weird sense it reminds me of this like european christmas story book i had growing up that just had these like really interesting like borders on all the pages that kind of hinted at what was coming next and it was that same sort of like etched wood sort of setup
0: it's got that really like eastern european Mm -hmm. almost like if you were like in an orthodox church you know what i mean Like that, like stained glass almost kind of look.
2: Some might call it Slavic and like Vikings. Yes. Well, they they. they
0: weren't, they were a little bit further north. They weren't so hot on Jesus. Uh, But you know, you know what I'm trying to talk about.
3: But, uh, but yeah. And I think someone has also mentioned that one of the sagas, the art is actually going to be etched wood. This artist, and I forget which one it is, but they actually used old school Viking techniques to carve wood and have that be the art on one of the sagas. So I that's mean incredible. I don't even care I don't even care if it's limited trash I'm getting a copy of that card just for the sheer awesomeness that is the art.
1: It wouldn't happen to be this very recently spoiled invasion of giants saga would it? Because that is it could very be. I have no idea. <laughs> but
3: that one looks pretty cool. I, I was talking to Julian earlier and he mentioned that a giant tribal might be a thing, and that would be pretty cool because it seems like that's definitely the is it theme from what we've seen of the spoiled. Um, Theme booster cards, and now this new saga that's very clearly giant themed, revealing a giant to deal two damage, and then on turn three, a giant spell costs two less.
0: You know, while y'all are just admiring Kaldheim, and I can't blame you. It's it's already I know it's already gonna be great, but I am just gonna go into another hope. I'm pretty much the only one here who like really plays standard consistently. Um standard has not been super great, in case you were living under a rock for the past two years. Um, it's either been super busted or now I'm not going to lie. It's kind of just boring. Like it's balanced, but all the decks are really lame. Um, I would love if standard this year. Wasn't lame. I'm gone. I'm off my soapbox in terms of preaching design philosophy. I know that things are just going to continue to hit the fan. I don't doubt that. I'm sorry. No more disillusions, but can standard at least be cool. One way to make it cool. Giant tribal is legit. I would love to play that deck. That's all I'm saying. Let's make standard fun again.
2: All tribal decks are legit. and allow Dude, a dwarf p- deck? A dwarf deck. That would be lit. If that was like tier one or two, I'd play Hold that. Hold on. Let's talk about another great tribe, dragon tribe. Dragon tribe's great tribe. It's okay. Um, but, uh, all right, I'm going to stop before people start getting angry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I do actually hope, and this is sort of similar to yours, uh, but I actually don't know how healthy it would be. I just know that it would solve the boringness problem, which is... I hope that over the course of the next year, we actually get to continue to see wizards push the design envelope in terms of what they can do, what they can put on a card. Um, one of my favorite like quotes surrounding Magic design is uh, Morrow, forever ago, said that like today's unsealed is tomorrow's standard, which is about like I think it was the cheese stands alone became yep. barren glory, oh. and the, the fact that like they can take these ideas that seem absolutely outrageous and say, ah, eh, well, you know what? That's actually not outrageous. That fits within the rules of the game. Let's do it. Um, and I want to continue to see them do that as well as take, take the colors other than green and take them back to when they were strong and, and make them powerful. And you, you know what? Maybe white doesn't need swords, but maybe like one and a white for swords. Maybe that's what white needs. And or like you know, sorcery speed. So just essentially give, give the other colors what they're good at a, so people can stop complaining to me that green is too good because I love green. Don't be rude to it. Um, and B so that essentially like these decks can feel strong, even in standard as opposed to sort of, I don't know, sometimes when I have played standard or when I've tested it out or there are powerful effects, but they aren't, uh, They don't necessarily feel like powerful, like dead center of the color pie effects. They feel like four color Omnath where it's like, ah, it's just all upside from every color. Nothing particularly niche about it is just good. The last thing
3: I want to say about Call Time before we move on to other hopes is I hope that the giant tribal animations are fuego. I see a giant come out of a card and just smack something, any of the specifics, but
1: that's going to be amazing. Sorry, I just want to get get in something quick for Kaldheim before we uh, move on. Uh, I'm a simple man, and all I'd really love to see in Kaldheim is a reprint of Scred. I love Scred. I think it'd be a great removal spell for Standard right now. It's not quite as powerful as, like, a lightning bolt, and it doesn't need to be. Sorry, I, I'm catching up because everyone said a bunch of things that I wanted to touch on as well. I totally agree that um, it'd be nice to see White beefed up a little more and the brakes pumped a bit on Blue and Green. <laughs> Julian, I'm with you on the wanting Standard to be, like, more exciting and cooler. Um, It'd be nice to see a year where we have less, like, flash bans uh, of cards that came out in the most recent Standard set in Standard. Um, And my, I totally agree that, or, my motivation to play Standard was pretty much killed after Four Color Omnath was released and started dominating the format, and they banned Lucky Clover as well, because that was by far my favorite deck in Standard Adventures, and I think it was really cool, and it's unfortunate that it got too strong for its own good.
3: Oak, I'm really glad you put it that way, because as soon as you said, I lost in for, for Standard as soon as Four Color Omnath, I was like, if you say banned, I'm gonna be real upset. <laughs> but, uh, you're in the clear. Hey, you're good. Hey, listen,
0: good. listen. Four Color Omnath and Clover were both sick decks. They were just way too yeah. good. Like, when I was playing them, yeah. I was like, I shouldn't be allowed to do this this is i'm, I'm committing highway robbery here like this is disgusting <laughs> that's why
2: if every deck is doing stuff that that that's that powerful it'll just feel good and exciting which what is what you want
0: make white the best color this year don't do that no no one who is ever <laughs> gonna be mad if white weenie is like a tier one deck i'll be upset uh, eric you don't play standard go piss
2: off if i lose to white weenies i'm gonna be upset i i will agree white is not fun to White is not fun to lose against. Nothing's fun to lose against. But, like, mono-white is just boring.
0: <laughs> that's why you can't complain. Prove if that's wrong. the
2: best deck, it, like...
0: Prove no, it wrong. Mono-white
2: Valkyries. All right, if they make a cool mono-white Angel Tribal... Dude, go
0: Heliod for it. is a sick deck in Brawl. That's all I'm saying.
2: Heliod is stupid because it infinites with Ballista. I don't like it. I hate it. The
0: Ballista <laughs> is... Ballista is not legal in any format.
2: Is it historic? Heliod no? is historic. in Historic? is No. It's in Historic, Modern. but... Right or no, no considered commander. The yeah, format we play the most. Whatever. <laughs> There's
0: much more egregious things in commander. I'm talking about any any format where you would be like, oh, ballista and Heliod. That's that's what I want to be doing. Heliod placed top four
2: at a competitive EDH tournament.
0: Yes, <laughs> and I just said Wh- whatever. The, that's not what we're talking about. That's Com- what I'm talking commander? about. Commander is already gone. Com- people do whatever the hell in Commander. People do disgusting things in Commander.
1: I, I'd like to take a moment to talk about lands. I have uh, some opinions on lands and some things I'd like to see for from just lands in general coming this year. Um, <laughs> this is targeted at you, lands. Yes. Yeah. First I got all, my eye on you. Well, we're talking about Shadows over Innistrad. Um, Shadows and the set that came right before it, uh, Battle for Zendikar, or The Block, both have an incomplete... ...land cycle Mm. that I would like to see.
0: You know why I hope those don't get finished? Why? Because they SUCKED.
3: (laughs) I will take any enemy land I can get. (laughs) So many of my commander decks are enemy two-color. Like, I need- I need all the support.
1: Regardless of what you think about the checklands, lands, whether they're bad or not, the... ...Battle for Zendikar, battle, quote-unquote, bad duel lands, would be great to see a cycle of those. Also, the, from Amonkhet, the buy cycle lands, the ones that cost two to cycle, they always come in tapped, and they have two uh, land types. Would be great to see some enemy-colored ones of those, uh, because they're fetchable, so... At times.
3: Yeah, really anything that has land types in enemy colors, I would love to see. So we don't have to deal with just shocks
0: and dual lands. I think my OCD is just like, can we please complete these cycles? Like, stop stop starting new things. Finish the old things, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, That's why even though I hate Uro and he should be banned in every format, I'm like, where are the other three elder titans? Where
1: are <laughs> they? <laughs> One more thing I got to say about lands. I would I would kind of like if they dropped the full art basics for a while because they're not as
2: special as they used to be, and we're getting them in like every set. I knew you were gonna say that. As yep. soon as you were like, "I want to talk about lands," I was like, "He's gonna talk about full art basics." Yep, yep. The other you know thing what?
0: is, I I hundred percent agree. They need to like relax. Basic land art has been like really not good. Think in so? like the in in my, in my opinion, I I strongly disagree. Like you look at some of the
3: ones from Eldraine, I mean, scenes. I,
0: th- I yeah. think there's, I think there's exceptions. Like I, I'm, I'm a fan of some of the ones from Eldraine, but I just, I feel like it's been not, they've been very like generic almost, you know what I mean? And like think, not exciting.
3: I will say at least for um, basics, there's been a few basics in recent sets that I've really enjoyed, but I, I do think, you know, there's always been a certain number of land, basic lands that aren't as ex- inspiring as the others. Cause it's really up to the artist to make them unique and different. I, I, but I do feel like the number we're getting in basics hasn't changed much in recent years, but, but
0: I mean, that's, that's personal preference. Cause that's just art. Truth. Truth. Hey, Chev, you want to, you want to, you want to talk about brawl? Cause I, I got something I want to say for brawl, but Ooh. I know you want to talk about brawl too. I do.
3: I do have one hope for brawl as we move out of the, the set hopes. What I really want to see from brawl this year is a, a further adoption of brawl, um, as a supported arena format. Like, it seems like, you know, Brawl came out on the, on the arena spectrum last year, uh, and everyone loved it. And then Wizards was like, wow, everyone loved it. We, uh, we shouldn't make them pay 10,000 coins a month to play it. And everyone was like, this is fantastic. So they stopped doing that. But Historic Brawl especially, which I know kind of goes against a lot of the idea of what Arena is supposed to do, which is keep you in standard, buying new packs and stuff, and Historic is non-rotating. And we only see that sometimes. And every time it comes up, when you read the state of Arena or whatever those addresses are called on um, uh, Daily MTG, they're always like, wow, so many more people loved Historic Brawl than we thought. We'll have to think about giving this more often. And it's like, yes, because this is the closest to a... Nice commander experience that we can get on a computer um, that is uh, sanctioned by wizards. Now, Eric can tell you about the uh, commander experience on MTGO. Uh, The streams that I've watched, it has not seemed ideal. I would
2: not recommend it. You get (laughs) flamed constantly for doing anything. If you are playing too slowly, people get upset. If you play a combo deck that plays quickly, people also get upset. No one has fun, except I manage to sneak some in there sometimes. (laughs) I will meet Wizards halfway. We love Commander. Most of what we talk about is Commander. But
3: give me historic Brawl or just more support for Brawl in general on the platform and, you know, recognize it a little bit. And I will be very, very happy.
0: I think one of the best things that Wizards can do for Brawl, and I know that this might go sort of against the spirit of the format, but I think there should be a Brawl queue. I think if people can feel some sort of actual progress slash achievement and maybe like win awards or something, or even if there's like small brawl tournaments where you just pay like a thousand gold to enter. And then if you win or like place in the top, whatever, or something you get, like, like if you were doing a draft, you pay a certain amount to get or go in. And then at the end you get out a certain amount. Like if there was some sort of that, I feel like people would be more incentivized to play. And it also might bring... Other people in who are like, "Oh, brawl is just like this stupid casual format, you know what I mean?
3: or or lean heavier on the thing I know they talked about last year, which was the kind of, depending on who you're playing, have a sort of shadow brawl cue of who's the strongest and who is generally not, and then have them play against each other. And so even if you know you're not getting rewards, maybe long term figure out a way for rewards. Short term, if I'm playing a really competitive deck, Find a way to play me against really competitive people. And so that way, like, I still feel engaged because I'm not running my Heliod deck that just runs over whenever someone is trying to pull a knight's brawl from Eldrain out of their butt. Like at least something to make it like Julian said, something that's just more engaging or intellectually challenging if you want to play at that higher level.
0: Yeah. Well that's why I think a Q would be good. Because if if you were if you are winning, either you are some sort of genius and you're like just very good at the technical aspects of the game, or you're playing a Kenrith or a a Kinan Bonder prodigy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So assumedly that's how it would work. And honestly, I believe they've said that they're, they've implemented that shadow pairing sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Like you were saying, I wouldn't be surprised if it is implemented, but there's just not enough people playing brawl. Yeah. Not enough data to to notice it. Like if you just went and played four or five games a day, Maybe you wouldn't notice that.
1: I just wanna say I'm right with you um there, Tev, with the uh, wanting historic brawl to be pretty much permanently available. I was just watching someone else today play uh just Gisath or Gisath, Gisath, I don't know, deck, and yeah man, it was just sick. And then like, you know, I yeah. just wanna play I wanna play Scarab God. Oh, Scarab God, I didn't <laughs> even think about that guy. I wanna play Jisap, I wanna play Atali. All the time. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so you beat
3: around the bush and you were like, you know, leading with these other guys and then you tried to sneak in Atali, like, (laughs) you know, like if Atali's legal, I guess
2: I'll play him too. (laughs) You know me. From from an outside perspective, I do wanna say, this would get me to play Arena. Wizards, I know you're listening. I know you follow us regularly. We appreciate like you supporting this fledgling podcast and that uh, honestly i'm a, i'm of the understanding that your entire staff listens which again thank you um there, there are so, seven listeners High praise. <laughs> I, I, I just want to go and on record and say if they made a cue or implemented and ideally and implemented a reward system or even just did what julian proposed and said hey you make a brawl deck. You say, "I will pay you one thousand gold." You get in the queue, and it has a reward system like draft. I would, I, I would play more arena. In that, I would play arena, and I, would, I think <laughs> I would play a lot of it because I like the idea of brawl. I think it's very cool. However, the idea that a historic brawl is like a sometimes thing, where like if I were like, "Oh, I feel I'm in the mood for historic brawl," and I log in, and they're like, "Oh, it's not time for that." Uh, the moons have not aligned. You don't get to play. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to close this client forever. <laughs> uh, but I, I I sort of also hope that happens because I would love to do that. And I would love for that to happen where sort of the, the realm of brawl expands and it becomes a more popular format.
3: Although I will say I just read something because I was looking up to see if they've like concretely given an answer like Morrow has answered one. And they do say you can play Historic Brawl anytime you want via direct challenge. It's called Friendly Brawl.
1: (laughs) It's
2: not helpful. No. Thanks. All right, so we set up a web client on hexdrinkers.com where we say we're going to match you with someone else. (laughs) And we are the matchmaking We build our own queue. We run our own ELO. We have our own queue. It's going to be incredible. Dude, I'm not going to lie.
0: I think it would be sick if eventually we could host our own mini tournaments. And I would love to host like a historic brawl tournament.
2: That would be sweet. What Julian said is actually going to bring out another hope of mine, which is I hope to see Magic really recover from coronavirus as well as possible. I hope to see tournaments come back. I hope to see LGSs recover really well. I hope it's a really clean recovery and I hope the community is really supportive where, you know, we've all been buying singles if we're buying singles uh, from online. And I hope that, you know, maybe once people get vaccinated and everything's back to normal-ish, everyone goes out to their LGS and says, ah, you know what, I'll take some packs, I'll take a box, I'll take some singles and can really sort of offer that support. And I think tournaments are a great way to do that, whether they're hopefully not online, but, uh, in person, I think that would be super cool to sort of bring that back into the world with people playing magic together in person again.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, real pre-releases, FNM, these are things that we haven't had in a long time. And at least for us, other than commander games, that's our, our, you know, our biggest form of paper magic, especially as a, a unit.
3: One of the things that when uh, when Julian and I were discussing putting Hex Drinkers together was like different ideas that we could take and run with for the the site as a whole. And this was just when Jumpstart had been announced as a concept, and Coronavirus was not here yet. And I was I was really pushing like, hey, what if we did something like you know when you're out at a bar playing with friends, like what are the best ways to play in that format? Thinking like Jumpstart, and then you know you see Commander Legends came out this year, and it was clear like how much we actually missed. From these draft environments, not being in person, and how much fun we could have had, and so thinking back to all that, it's like one of my my smaller hopes that I I didn't mention before is I really hope that we don't get another year of the commander for another few years, because really at this point every year is a year of the commander. But like seeing how much fun we could have had with those environments, it definitely makes me a little bit
0: oh shucks. Yeah, I mean I think that's one of the underlying hopes of every person <laughs> um every every person magic player or not is that things will get a lot better and for us it means you know a full recovery in terms of paper magic existing and just people you know there. you know we refer to it as magic but it's magic colon the gathering right well we don't we don't have the gathering part we need we need that <laughs> to come back so yeah i think that's just a you know a blatant statement that all of this is is really hoping that we can uh Sit across the table from each other as opposed to across the uh, internet. Any more hopes before we want to get into resolutions?
2: I want to just rattle one off real quick. um, And it's time to put away the tissues for coronavirus. It's very sad. Uh, Let's get out the pitchforks. Uh, All cards that are over $50 need a reprint right now. (laughs) That's what Modern Horizons 2 should do. That's what every set should do every set should be like you know what? we're going to reprint at least five cards that cost more than $50 hey guess what wizards it'll sell packs guess what people it'll drop the price of those cards everyone wins why aren't you doing this please
3: <laughs> yeah no i i will i will comment like one of the things we've there's been a lot of things that have been tumultuous i will say in uh this year and especially well especially this year and also in magic but one of the things i think that wizards has done fantastic this uh past year that doesn't get enough credit, is how much they have started to do that. Like, we saw mystery boosters right before COVID came out, and that was insane. Like, you could get all of these really crazy cards for cheap, especially with the the foil reprints and stuff. Like, I got an Amulet of Vigor for, like, five bucks when it went down there for a couple days. So you get all of these crazy reprints in there. Then they decided, you know what, let's make The List. And we didn't get to see as much of The List because of the lack of in-person gatherings. But even that was reprinting 1300 cards again where they were all of these old school things and yes there were some that are bad um that is how all sets work but there was a lot of them that were super good and again with double masters came out for out of nowhere like no one really expected double masters to be a thing and that dropped the price on a ton of stuff so not only are we seeing the high ticket reprints come down in price a lot of the time um, I think when Force of Will came out in Double Masters, it was like $60 for a time, which, yeah, still a lot, but that's half price. But we're also seeing a lot of the Commander staples, especially, really hitting the bottom of the bucket. And that, I, I really hope they keep bringing down the hammer on as many reprints
1: as possible. Uh, I totally agree with the sentiment, and bringing up Modern Horizons specifically, the first set was awesome, had Snowlands, had a ton of just, like, insane cards... And, of course, our namesake, Hex Drinker. Hex Drinker. Prince of Night Mythic in Modern Horizons 1.
2: I'm, I'm super psyched for Modern Horizons 2. All right, let's make some resolutions, boys.
0: Why don't you start us off?
2: Oh, I'm happy to start us off. Uh, let's start off with uh, just a super easy one that should be very easy to do, such as building a deck and signing up. I want to play in March, March, Asa, and Oktoberfest this year. I want to play in both, and I want to have a great time doing so. Uh, I talked about paper tournaments and paper events, and I really want to participate in those as well. Uh, but the the CEDH Discord of people who run these tournaments, play in these tournaments, everything surrounding them, they're all great people. Unfortunately, due to work, I was not able to attend the last uh, Oktoberfest, and I really want to change that, and I really want to like play in these events and have fun, and I, I want to be sort of a part of that online community for this really cool format that I love.
0: These events being specifically CDH tournaments, fan-run CDH, CDH tournaments.
2: CDH yeah. tournaments run by fans online, prize pools made by fans, put together by the super generous people who host them. Great communities. Please reach out and find them. They do a great job. If you're interested, super cool stuff to watch. They stream it. It's awesome.
0: Word. Word. We will. We are excited for you to uh, go in and take the crown in the name of the Hex Drinkers. Well, I I have a resolution. Which, if you're gonna play in tournaments, you gotta have a deck. Uh, my my resolution is to brew more.
3: Julian, could you
0: possibly brew more? You brew like ten decks a week. That's so. See, you see, Chev. Back in the good old days, uh, pre 2020, um, I used to brew a lot. I, I was always brewing, but I found that with not seeing you guys that often, especially not in person. Um, my upkeep of my commander decks in general has been severely lacking. Some of them have fallen into disrepair or I've half disassembled them or whatever. And I've also just not been brewing that much because we just don't talk or play magic nearly as much as we used to, even though we mm-hmm. do this podcast all the time. But um, so I just I want to get back into the groove. I want to just be brewing a lot more and actually bring some of these decks into fruition even if it's just to test a few times during game night but actually maybe to bring into like full full paperized glory so my my goal is to brew uh one deck every week uh just something that i'm reasonably proud of in terms of like okay this is good and also just to keep my mental brewing senses sharp Mm -hmm. discovering new cards thinking of new interactions that sort of thing um so that's my thing is just brew more keep myself on on my toes and um hopefully find some new, new ideas that I'm really, I really fall in love
1: with. Yeah. Julian, something you said there just really speaks to me. And that is that some of your decks have sort of fallen into disarray. I assume you mean specifically like your paper ones. Yes. Uh, I, one of my resolutions is to really get myself organized in terms of magic content and do a lot of uh, picking through the cards I've accumulated over the past year or so, uh, a little bit of uh, you know, finance here. I'll uh, chev up, sell some cards, Buy some cards, revamp some of my some decks cards. a little bit. It's the move. I wrote a lot of notes for this, but I'm not even going to go through them all. I'm just—they're just there now for me to reference later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I wanted—I want to do a lot of that. Um, something that's going to be, I think, part of that going forward is I'd like to use a lot less like generically good cards uh, shared across some of my decks and. Like, some of the big names, I feel like, are, like, Cyclonic Rift, My Ancient Tomb. I've kind of spread out, spread pretty thin. Gamble, you know, stuff, cards that just kind of fit into everything. Uh, I, I'd like to, I'd like to branch off a little bit from that. Because, you know, as, as I grow older, I realize that magic's not always about the power. It's about the fun. So, you always want to play those fun cards. And, uh, sort of on that note, uh, speaking of coming out of my comfort zone... Um, I want to try and branch out of decks that involve red. <laughs> uh, I was gonna joke about that, and then you just said it.
0: <laughs> can I interest you in Saltai?
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. That might be that might be a step too far. Yeah, come on, <laughs> be reasonable. I will Sorry. say, Julian, that your Secret Santa uh, deck definitely sort of pushed me into realizing this. But um, uh, I don't, I don't have to be the red guy all the time. I can be. Uh, I can be anything I want. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll try and reflect that. Yes, you that. can.
0: You, you tell him. You're the little engine that could.
1: That's right.
3: That's right. Those are good resolutions. I like them. Yeah. Jumping off of uh, what you were saying originally, I definitely struggled a lot with, um, I, when we have a game night, or, like, I'll, I'll buy a new pack, and it'll have a card that's great for one of my decks, and I'll swap it out in paper, and I'll try and make a mental note of, or a even a, a note saved somewhere of, like, you know, the change I made. And then since we've been playing online, I was like, okay, I can make more changes with zero repercussions. And then I make all these changes, and I have multiple notes documenting the changes. And I just have so many that, like, I fail to remember what I'm testing. And so much of a deck has changed, even, you know, theoretically, while I'm still figuring it out, that I don't know what I was trying to correct in the first place. So, like both of you have said, there's this, you know, resolution to trim down and make sure I actually know what I'm dealing with Um, but for me a lot of 2021 is going to be all about data and structure to formally like finalize what my deck lists are and come up with a solid system for trying new things and definitely kind of like making sure I'm only testing a certain number of things at a time because you know we might be playing less magic than we have in the past but we're definitely still playing enough that I don't need to test 10 cards in a deck changed each time And so it's really just taking inventory, realizing the changes I've made and why I've made them, and be more specific about it. And kind of in the same scale, uh, and again to what Oakley said about just generically good cards, I really want to not necessarily try and get my decks down to a specific number in a 1 out of 10 scale each, because I think that would be a little too limiting, but at least come up with general categories for where I want them to align. For example, I don't need all of my decks to be the most powerful things and I wouldn't want my Eldrazi deck where a lot of my money tends to end up going head to head with my coin flip deck and expect both of them to come out an equal amount of time because somehow my coin flip deck uh, has ended up with Force of Will, Pact of Negation, uh, Gamble, Cyclonic Rift, uh and I really don't know why. Mana drain? Yeah, mana drain, mana drains in there. Um so it's like, sure, I mean, yes, coin
2: flip is great. But these things are necessary. What
0: kind of show are you running over there, brother? <laughs> He's
2: not flipping enough coins. He's countering spells instead of flipping coins. Disgusting. Exactly. So
3: so thinking, really, really going through those things and finding, like, what decks do I want to be the most powerful? What decks do I want to kind of, like, let take a back seat and enjoy the interactions, which I think Coin Flip is definitely headed in that direction. Um, And then kind of like where these decks will fall out. Because a lot of my decks do fall around gimmicks. And I think I overcompensate by that by adding high value cards. In the same vein that Coin Flippers have all those. Selenia has Land Tax, uh, Vindicate, um, everything. All these, the high power, Reanimate I think is in there. So it's all the things that kind of make up for the fact the whole deck is trying to drain my own life and give it to someone else. Which, again, great strategy. I love it all the time. But... At some point, it's overcompensating for its main gimmick. And I think it loses some of its identity in that process. So, really, like formalizing how big I want these decks to go and how consistently I want to play their fun effects as opposed to their good effects.
2: That sounds like a really good idea. And uh, I, I know you said you're actually specifically not going to do this, but one of my resolutions is actually to take every deck I build and say, I want a normalized curve from five to ten or five to nine or whatever the scale goes to.
0: What about the ones to fours?
2: I have honest to god no interest in playing those. Eric's <laughs> on another level with the
1: curve. Hate like, it. How many ten mana spells you playing, man? Jeez. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Not
2: <in> mana. Uh <laughs> power level. Power Oh. Level.
1: Oh, oh <laughs> man. Okay. He's yeah, no. The, the scary I, thing is
3: both scales would be like we'd understand if Eric was running them. Like if he had a deck that was solely ten mana spells, we'd be like that's weird, but that's Eric. Hey, Chev, you move know, on.
0: all your spells feel like 10-mana spells when you are got no lands. Oh, i, I got to cut that. <laughs> um,
2: but anyway, that's rude. You're rude. <laughs> um, but the moral of the story is I, I think that there have been points in my magic career where, you know, I've I've played a lot of fives, and I've ha- had tons of fun with them. And then lately I've been drawn sort of up towards the nines and tens, and I, I've I've had more fun with those as well and sort of like chev saying about some of his decks sort of their gimmick is detracting from what you want to happen with them and like it's sort of an identity tugging against itself the ur dragon deck is in a weird spot where i want it to be this beautiful dragon tribal deck where it just highlights all the cool dragons in the game and it just does cool things and then sometimes i go infinite on combat steps and that's weird and that. That's not what the deck should do. The deck should be about how cool dragons are and it should be about just mowing people down with that raw power and not with, ah, well, here's some goblins punching a dude in the face over and over again. And here's a dragon that makes mana. Oopsie doopsie games over boys. See ya. It should be, uh, I'm going to swing for 30 responses. (laughs) (laughs) And so I want to make more fives and I want to make more tens and, more in between
1: i just wanted to jump off of that and say like i know i wasn't going to talk about the notes for my specific decks but one of the things i like start on maelstrom wander is like maelstrom wander is in such a weird place right now where it's like too good as like a casual deck but not good enough as like if i wanted to be a competitive deck so i really want to like just kind of like shift that away from being kind of like a good stuff deck i I might make it elemental themed don't We'll will preview there. Mm. No, no deck list oh, yet, but we'll have one soon. Um, but yeah, just, just save the good stuff for other stuff that that needs it more, like maybe my mono red deck that I'm gonna that I'm gonna update.
0: I like that idea, and I I don't know if I'm gonna go so far as to actually make assign like numbers, but I, I feel like I'll have a, a headcanon But I, I feel like that's really good for you, Eric, especially since you've been going into the C H route, and I feel like we're gonna keep harping on it. But fingers crossed that events exist. I feel like we've all wanted to go to some sort of magic event or something, but if we ever show up somewhere and we're playing with people who aren't us for it's really good to be like, okay, so where are we at? Are we playing fives? Mm-hmm. Are we playing sevens? Are we mm-hmm. playing tens? Because then depending on what the other three or four people say, you have a deck ready for each occasion. You know what I mean? You never want to roll up and just pub stomp some poor kids, yeah. but you also <laughs> don't want to roll up and, be the one getting pub stomped because you want to play your jank coin flipping deck. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's good to know exactly where you're falling and have something for each occasion. You
3: know, for that, Julian, coin flippers are now going to be 10. You're going to lose to that Efri and uh, Okown every single time. Infinite coin flips. That's I it. I live
2: for it. I, I live for this deck. Um, There's this
0: great thing called Rule Zero where I just I can just not play with you if I don't want to. And if that's how you're going to be... I'm going to exercise
2: my right. <laughs> join that hurts. I'm going to flip all a coin. Right, all right. Let's let's not break up the band live on the podcast. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I was so ready. I was so ready for the solo album.
2: But uh overall, yeah, I think that's a great idea. The more we uh the more we go out and the more we sort of do things on our own and with others uh and and join more play groups and play with more people, which was actually one of my other resolutions was to play with more people. I I love these guys and I love playing with you guys. And I have another, like, playgroup that's, like, semi-active locally, where, like, one guy plays a lot of Modern, and, you know, there's another guy who's got an EDH deck, and there's, uh... He's got one in the attic, he can pull it out sometimes. There's a guy with, like, a bunch of cards that, like, I think, like, someone in his family gave him that are from, like, the era of Alpha, and, like, he's got some decks, and, uh... Those sound scary. I don't want to play against those decks. No, like they're they're beautiful, beautiful jank. Like he's got.
0: You're underestimating how bad he's...
2: early Magic cards are,
0: except for a, a scanty. He's got view. a great
2: uh, Kamigawa deck, which of course I would be a fan with uh, the the creature where you reveal your hand, and if it's seven forests, you get to do something. I love that deck. I love playing against it. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I want to, like, find new playgroups. I want to meet new people who are playing these crazy decks and who uh, who are doing all this, and I, I really want to go out and be a part of local magic.
0: Amen. I got another resolution, and that resolution is to be aggressive. Be aggressive. My man. I'm the control player. I've said it a bunch of times, and I've just decided that, in general, I want to be attacking more. I want to... Uh, not that I really pillow for it that much anymore, but um, just it, you know, board stalls, I'm over it. I just want to be smashing. I want to be just going for it. No more hesitation. Um, and just, you know, getting in there, doing the thing, doing the thing. And I guess also this means probably politicking a little bit less. So Oak is, Oak is giving me big thumbs up, but I I think it's time to change it up. And I I also think this will go into my brewing a little bit because I do want to explore less Trixie, I guess more, more Borosy. I'll probably be uh, brewing more red decks and Oak will be Shifting away from the red, so I'll fill his, fill the spot.
2: Can I interest you in Naya, the most honest color combination? About what it's about to do to you?
0: I'm brewing a deck every week, and there's 52 weeks in the year. That means I can cover all the different combinations and then some. Ten three colors, ten guilds, five mono colors. Um, colorless.
2: Five four, five, four, colors. four colors. Five and then... color
0: and colorless, so what? that's like 32, I
2: think. 32. 32. So yeah, you can so almost we'll be... do it twice in a year.
1: Yeah. Jul- Julian, I'm very glad to hear that. And not just because I, I tend to do more aggressive strategies, but also just because I'm doing sort of like the antithesis to that. Not necessarily like, you know, I'm not saying like I'm going to start playing like really slow or anything, but just like branching out from where I've been this, uh, this well, pretty much since I started.
0: Yeah. I think I think another thing which kind of goes off that, and you just said playing slow, is... One of my other resolutions is just to play faster in general. Uh, Mechanically and whatever the opposite of mechanically is. I don't know. But just, like, being better at manipulating... Technically. Thematically? I don't don't know. Whatever. I'm gonna explain it so it doesn't really (laughs) matter what words I use, right? Um, But just the fact of actually shuffling my deck and drawing my cards and tapping my lands and, like, all that stuff, doing that stuff um, quicker, just so it moves the game along and, like, but also in ways of just like being able to shortcut things so you're like I'm going to play this spell and this spell and I'm also going to crack you know whatever to get like four lands out of my deck instead of doing them individually as things are going always having a better better yeah like mental model of what's happening in the board so I know all right assuming nothing changes on my turn I'm doing this this and this and then as soon as something changes I'm like okay now that that changes I know I'm doing this instead of getting to my turn drawing my card and being like all right let me think about this Uh, so, you know, stuff like that, just being able to speed the game up and be a little bit more efficient in terms of that, which means I'm going to make mistakes in the beginning, but hopefully we'll just get over that. And then eventually, uh, we'll be, I'll be playing fast enough that maybe we're even getting an additional game in each night and more magic is, is always better.
2: We
1: love to hear it. I was, I was just going to say, it's always great to be mindful of that kind of stuff, just because I think it improves everyone's play experience. I'm not even saying, like, Julian and I, we rip on you a lot for that, but you're probably not even close to the worst, so don't feel like you are. But, yeah, you hit the nail on the head when you said, hey, maybe we can get another game in there. It's like, you know, more playing, more magic. That's always that's always what we're looking for, and you know what? Don't worry if you make a few mistakes. We're just, we're just having fun. <laughs>
2: so... Oh yeah. And I I do want to jump in and say, you know, you said you might make a few more mistakes because of this. When I think of it and remember, I often do try and pre-plan my turns, look at the board state and say, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And I think I actually make way better decisions that way because if I want to pre-plan my turn, I have to look at the entire board and I have to analyze whereas, you know, in the moment if you're like Oh, like, what was in my hand again? Like, what's on the board? Like, you've just drawn this new card, and you have to, like, evaluate. and you, If you don't have a pre-standing plan, I think you're more likely to miss something. Whereas, you know, if you come up with a plan, and then you draw a card, and you say, does this change my plan? If the answer is no, you've already analyzed the full board, you know what's happening, and you already have a great idea of what's going on. So I think you're actually going to be less likely to make mistakes and make key misses.
3: Love to hear it. You know, Julian, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, Everybody has, those
1: has those days.
3: <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, we do. We're good. All right, we're done. We're done now. All right. Got the podcast, uh, boys. We're done. <laughs> that's it.
0: Remember when we said we weren't breaking the band up? Well, I think that's back on the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's done. <laughs>
2: Anyone got any other
3: resolutions? I think that's it for me. All about data structure and then hopefully getting more in. But I will say with uh, Julian, I have been brewing a, a Boros deck as something that's like a non-gimmick, just straight attack sort of build. Because I think between life loss as a strategy, minus one, minus one counters, coin flipping, like murder tribal, like everything is a, a at least some amount of I need to keep track of things in my head or it's a more annoying strategy that requires multiple pieces to come into alignment but just give me something that hits stuff and I'm I, I would like that to have a fallback.
0: I was going to say Chiv, you just want something where you don't actually have to turn your brain on.
3: Exactly. Julian, my first uh, yeah. Oh we know. Oh website, I know exactly. I know, know I know exactly everything. what kind of things we're trying to do and it is not oh, yeah. always
2: useful brain power. <laughs> it's it's actually rarely useful brain power if possible.
0: One one of the best things I think about the Hex drinkers Brain Trust is that we are all very eager to critique each other's decks and provide uh constructive usually criticism uh when it comes to brewing so that's that's a great thing that is definitely a great thing Uh, i would encourage our viewers to email us their deck lists so that or hit us up on twitter so that we can start a conversation because oh boy if there's something that i love uh it's ignoring my nine to five so that i can talk about magic that's all I'm saying.
3: That's true. He does. This guy gets it. Most of the communication I have with Julian is from nine to five, Monday through Friday. <laughs> I know
0: my manager doesn't listen to this, so we're we're fine.
2: I know my manager doesn't listen to me at all. <laughs> Ooh,
0: I feel I feel like I feel like that sometimes. And on that note, on that note, <laughs> I think y'all should listen to this podcast by remembering that you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever else. Better podcasts are found. Uh, You can also check out our website, which is HexDrinkers.com. Check out articles, videos, as well as this podcast, as well as uh, previous podcasts and future podcasts, depending on when you're listening to this. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Check out Chev's shirtless pics or send us deck lists, talk magic, talk smack, all that good sort of stuff. We're going to be there interacting with the community, commenting on what's going on. And also, remember to check us out on Twitch and on YouTube if you want any form of video content. We're doing streams, we're putting out uh, videos and all sorts of stuff like that. That will be all at Hex Drinkers. Any last thoughts before we close this one out, boys? Eat it. All good. My last hope, I just got to say that I hope they ban Ugin and Brawl. That's all I got to say. This has been Jules, Eric, Oak, and Chev. We're the Hex Drinkers, and we're signing out. <laughs>